0: It. Two on one with Stone on the right. Stone to it down off. He scores! Wow. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com.
1: Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots.
2: He scores! Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo.
0: This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
2: Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard Justice live inside the Finley Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the.
1: Excitement all the way around uh, from Jared Justice, who's uh, with me here in studio, as uh, we get to join uh, Logan Thompson right off the bat. Uh, we'll also chat about the UNLV hockey, a big announcement uh, being made there, and one-timers, uh, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, some COVID protocol impacting uh, the leading score in the NHL, in Connor McDavid, in just a little bit. But uh, let's make some room. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, applause all the way around for Logan Thompson, who makes uh, his first uh, National Hockey League start last night uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. How are you today?
3: I'm good. I'm
1: good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. I couldn't imagine what, uh, that, uh, wave of emotion was, uh, from finding out the night before from Mike Rosati that you were going to make the start and then you take it all the way through the game. When, when do you go back and watch the game?
3: Um, I'll probably go, go over video tomorrow. Um, I, I think today was a nice day off just getting away from it. And, uh, i will be a brand new day, and I'll go over some game film and, and kind of watch and uh, relive, uh, relive it.
1: Now, do you relive it as uh, somebody who's watching game film, or do you relive it as, wow, that was a cool experience?
3: Uh, I, I think with this one might be a little bit of both, and then um, obviously you know take some things from it and uh, learn from it, and uh, move on and, and get ready for uh, whenever my next chance will be.
1: Uh, Logan Thompson's with us, a so fresh off of making his first National Hockey League start uh, as the Vegas Golden Knights faced the Nashville Predators yesterday. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace on the BGK Insider Show.
2: Yeah, Logan, just kind of as you went through your your normal routine yesterday, like did, did it feel different knowing that, uh, that, that the start for you at the end of the night was going to be in an NHL game?
3: Yeah, I mean, I tried to keep everything, uh, you know, as simple as it's always been, especially with Henderson. Um but yeah, obviously it's a little bit magnified uh, being my first NHL game. You know, I wanted to uh, go out there and, and impress and, and and show the staff, the uh, the fans, and, and prove to myself and my family that, you know, I, I can play at that league. And, um, you know, it was disappointing. Wasn't able to get the two points. But uh, I'm, I'm happy with the effort.
1: Do you remember the first save?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Couple is it what twenty thirty seconds in, kind of you know behind the net, pass out, and the guy shot low left pad.
1: Matt Benning took the shot, so file that away. And uh, I believe in numerology; I love it. At uh, thirty six seconds in was the first shot, okay. uh, so works for you, uh, being the the number thirty six. Uh, when did you get rid of the butterflies, or did you have any butterflies?
3: Uh, I think they got they kind of went or they kind of went away. I think after that first save. Um, you know they're really going during the uh, national anthem and just kind of standing there and soaking it all in. But you know, kind of everyone told me, you know, a minute in, five minutes in, or you left first save—it just, just another hockey game. And you know, it's—you know—it sounds cliche, but that's exactly what it was. It just was another hockey game, and it was just really uh, fun and happy to be out there.
1: What's your process when when you're dealing with nerves like that in a moment like the national anthem and uh, everything's whirling around you? Uh, don't blow it. <laughs> <laughs> best answer ever on the VGK insider show <laughs> can you expand on that
3: uh yeah i mean it was just uh it being my first game like i said i wanted to to you know put put forward a good effort and uh and, and prove to people and management you know that you know I, i've been you know working for this my whole life and i just wanted to to go out there and you know give our team a chance to win and and uh you know it would have been nice like i said to to get that two points
1: so, what's your assessment of the game? Uh, your report card on your performance last night?
3: Um, I, I think I was. I think it was. It was okay. Um, you know, I'd like to, you know, to have the, you know, the first goal back, and you know, especially or, or maybe the third as well. I mean, um, you know, obviously, you know, credit to, to Forsberg, he's a good player, but you know, I, I think I'm uh, watching, you know, Leonard and, and Flower and, and LB. You know, it's. They've been around the game long enough that you know sometimes you got to make that save to keep your team in it, um, especially in a two nothing game. You know, giving up that third one, uh, you know, is a little bit of a mood killer. So I'd like to, you know, have that one back. Um, you know, I'm happy with it, but uh, you know, there's always
1: room for improvement and, and to be better. The VGK Insider Show. It's where the players hang out. Logan Thompson, coming off his first National Hockey League start, uh, with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
2: Yeah, Logan, do you have a, a favorite moment from the game, or maybe one of uh, one of your saves, your favorite save from last night that that stands out in your head that you remember?
4: Um,
3: I, I think that toe save in the in the second. Um, I, I think that's something that you know it's you know I didn't really think about. I just kind of kind of did it, um, and that's kind of mm-hmm. kind of how I play. Is I, I have that athletic ability, you know, to my game, and I'm happy I was able to to showcase that a little bit that, um, you know, I can, you know, be there at, you know, reading and get across and, and make that sec- or make that save on the pass across and, and kind of keep the team in it. And then I'm kind of, that's one save that, you know, sticks out for me.
1: Uh, I set you up for a big windmill save. I was talking about it yesterday in the VGK insider show. I said that uh, nobody does the windmill uh, like Logan Thompson, but you d- it didn't really present itself last night.
3: No, no, it didn't. Uh, luckily, he shot at my toe, so it was, uh, it was good.
1: <laughs> I thought it might have hit the bottom of your blade uh, when you came across that. It was uh, it was that type of bang bang.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just like, "Holy crap!" and it hit me. So it's it's good. It was nice that it didn't go in because that guy already had a couple goals. So.
1: Logan Thompson with us uh, coming off his first National Hockey League start has been lights out uh, for the Henderson Silver Knights of the American Hockey League reigning goaltender of the year and uh, gets to make a little personal history yesterday at T-Mobile Arena for the Golden Knights. We showed you during a TV timeout, it was halfway through the first period, and you went over to the bench and you kind of kind of stayed by yourself. Is, is that what you do, or is it just because it was the first game and uh, you didn't want to... Sort of oversensitize yourself.
3: I didn't realize I did that. I kind of didn't really know what I was doing. Just um, yeah, his first game, so I was just kind of trying to get in front of the shoveler, people shoving the ice and yeah, yeah. So I, I wasn't even thinking about it. I think I was just kind of caught up in the moment. But um, yeah, I don't really just like to get some water and you know take a little bit of breather. Um, it's kind of what I what I like to do. Um, you know, if my goalie partner's there. Um, you know it's kind of hard to to chat with them because you know Fergie was down in the tunnel. But um, you know usually in Henderson it's you know Yuri or Fergie kind of um, leaning over the bench to able to kind of chat and and have a little laugh is what I like to do. But it's a little different uh, setup in T-Mobile.
1: Pre-game, uh, did you talk to Mike Rosati, your goalie coach? Uh, lean on Freddie Brathwaite, uh, your goalie coach with the Henderson Silver Knights. Was it uh, Dylan Ferguson? Was it? Robin Leonard uh, in the morning. Uh, who do you have some conversations with, or who who reached out to you?
3: Yeah, I kind of I kind of talked a little bit to everyone. Um, you know, I talked to Freddie the night before. I talked to uh, to Rosie. I talked to Tyler Plant back in Brandon. Um, talked to uh, LB and and Lenny at, at the rink. Just you know, they, they all kind of said the same thing that you know I, I've been playing hockey long enough. Trust my abilities and it's gonna come fast, but you know don't chase the game, and you know you're gonna be nervous and just just relax and it's another hockey game and i mean every every everyone kind of said the same thing, and you know they were all right, and at the end of the day, I was pretty comfortable by you know, the second period, and, and it was just another game.
1: Uh, it's funny, because I talked to Dave Lowry today uh, for the Chirp podcast, and we went through a little bit of the Brandon experience that he had, and we came up with D- Darren Ritchie and uh, Wade Klippenstein. Uh, I talked to him, uh, so it's funny you bring up Tyler Plant. What did uh, Tyler, your old goalie coach, uh, have to tell you from junior? Uh,
4: he
3: was just pretty really happy. I and, and just said it's it's something that I've been working towards, you know, my whole life, and i put in, put in the work, and, um, and that's uh, yeah, it was just um, just go uh, there, have fun, enjoy
1: it, and just hook it up. Uh, just got a little bit of interference as we uh, chat with Logan Thompson on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Darren Millard, along with Ryan Wallace.
2: You no, know, Logan, we know you're you're a competitive guy. You've been working toward this this opportunity for a long time, and now that you've had that experience, now that you've started a game in the NHL, like what does what does that do for you? It, just in terms of of where you want to be and and getting closer to that next start and 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 how do you feel that 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 start last night kind of pushes you in that right direction
3: uh yeah i mean i I think i can you know it's somewhere i want to be and that's where i want to play um you know i love love being a part of the golden knights organization i love being a henderson silver knight at the end of the day i think i you know everyone wants to play in the nhl and um you know that just gives me confidence um you know that i you know felt good and you know, every game you, you feel a little bit better and that's kind of what I'm going to, you know, hopefully feel my next game is whenever I get called upon whatever that may be next year, or maybe sometime later this year that just go out there and, you know, keep building off, you know, my last game and, and just keep feeling more confident and, and hopefully that kind of carries over and eventually I can, can stick up, you know, somewhere in the NHL for good.
1: Chatted with Tim Speltz yesterday about your journey and it's been fast, like two and a half years but there's the other part of it where it feels like it's been, it's been a while coming for you uh, in getting this first NHL start. Where are you in assessing how quickly this has happened?
3: Yeah. I mean, I haven't really thought about it. Um, I, I've just been trying to, I mean, in my head, just kind of go, go, go. And, and sometimes i are got to slow down and, and just take a step back and realize, I think, you know, in preseason, I wanted to be in the NHL so bad and the, I think I wasn't ready, Um, you know, just going through my games and watching the film that, you know, I needed to to kind of relax and come back and and develop a little more and play more in Henderson. I I think, yeah, now that, you know, you mentioned it, it has gone by quick, and I'm just, you know, really happy and and just trying to take it day by day and, um, you know, just enjoy my time and live in the moment Um, because, yeah, it's all happening so fast.
1: Logan, it's meteoric. That's the way I I describe it. Uh, from from where you were in Brock uh, to the American Hockey League and that wonderful uh, season during the, during the COVID uh, situation, and and now to be getting a National Hockey League start, uh, I think it's incredibly fast in what you've been able to do. What what did you learn from last year that you used yesterday?
3: Um, I mean, I, it's just I don't really really know how to how to answer that. I was just trying to just kind of playing playing hockey and trusting my abilities uh I don't really know if it was anything from last year or this year I kind of you know I I've never really liked to think when I play so I don't really know how to answer that I just just kind of went out there and did it um yeah I think that's kind of the easiest way to put it yeah I don't really don't really know
1: so given that answer did you watch a lot of video and uh, a lot of uh pre scout uh on, on the Nashville Predators
3: um I watched some video on, on that Forsberg guy. Um, He's
1: pretty good. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I think he came out pretty good, uh, all things considered, because uh, you got him a couple of times.
3: Yeah, I mean, he came up to me at the start and said, congrats, being a nice guy. And then he scored twice. So. Oh, he, came up, he
1: came up and said congrats to you?
3: Yeah, in the first period, um, I think I, I saved him. Uh, he took a shot, kind of saved a low blocker. And we took a penalty. He kind of came up to me. He's like, "Hey, man, like, congrats on your first start." And I was like, "Thanks. Like, you're the, you're a nice guy."
1: He's got a good stash too, so I I can see where where uh, he's got some flair about him, and and he's having a great year himself. But I I didn't realize that that it happened. Did anybody else uh, from from their side uh, offer their their thoughts?
3: Oh, uh, Duchesne asked for a goal, though. Oh, he did. Take
1: yeah. me through that conversation, <laughs> that exchange. When did that happen?
3: Uh, it happened in the third and. Yeah, I was kind of sent sorry I can't because they've already scored three. So.
1: <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's great. Uh, before we let you go, uh, your dad was there. Uh, yep. What was the post game conversation like uh, when you got to see him? I assume you got to see him.
3: Yeah, I, I think he was just really happy for me. Um, you know, he was a guy who's always you know believed in me even when kind of I didn't. So I was uh, happy that he was able to to make it out and. Uh, the first game, and it meant a lot to, to, for me to for him to be here, and uh, I think he was just really proud.
1: Was it emotional?
3: Uh, yeah, he's a big softy, so
1: yeah, he was pretty emotional. Y- y- you didn't, you didn't well up at all. No, well, you've met me, yeah. right? <laughs> I know you. Yeah, I, I, I talked to Ryan yesterday, and with Tim, I said uh, if there's anybody that I know won't be overwhelmed by this situation, it's Logan. Just because you you've got this. Um, Swagger to you—it's—it's it's not cockiness, but it's—it's it's confidence that you're not going to allow the situation to get the better of you. And when did that start? Because you mentioned the your dad believed in you even when you maybe you, you didn't. When did you gain that that sort of self belief?
3: I think kind of at Brock University, just when I was just having fun playing hockey and decided to kind of talking with with him and, and my agent at the time and just saying, you know, just you, know, you should bet on yourself, and, and that's kind of what I've been doing. And I, I think that's kind of when and things started to you know, turn around, and I was just having fun and, and believing in myself.
1: Uh, we kept you longer than we uh, intended or usually do. Uh, last question goes to Ryan.
2: You know, look, I, I'm, just, I'm, I'm curious to, in your assessment after, after that game last night, kind of the differences or, or the nuances that change between, say, the NHL rate of play and the rate of play in the AHL. What were like, kind of the main differences that stuck out to you most throughout that game?
3: Uh, it's just so much faster and and every player in the nhl is, is so elite um you know there's things you can get away and as a goalie you can almost cheat the game in the american league is kind of what i find and talking with rosie that's you know sometimes i get away with that but you know these guys up here you know it doesn't really matter who it is if, if you're cheating they're going to expose you they're all smart you know unbelievably you know talented hockey players and so that's kind of what you know that's biggest difference is you just got to you know play everything play every angle and and not cheat and you know sometimes players are going to make good plays um you know it's the best league in the world or you know sometimes you're going to have to come up with a big save and, and that's kind of i think the the biggest you know difference between that and, and the american league is uh
1: result uh, wasn't in your favor but uh, you kept your team in the game and gave them an opportunity to make that furious push at the end and uh, really proud of you really happy for you and can't wait to see the next time that you go out there in that vegas golden knight uniform no, thank
3: you very much. I appreciate
1: that. Logan Thompson uh, with us at LT, uh the Southpaw making his first National Hockey League start as we kick off the show in style today on the VGK Insider show in Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh that is the story going into the game, and it's the story the next day. Uh Ryan.
2: Yeah, one hundred percent. I you know, I, I thought Logan had a fantastic game. I really do. You look at you know, top to bottom, especially in that first period where Uh, The Golden Knights spent a lot of time in their own zone. The Nashville Predators were really good on the forecheck and keeping plays alive uh, in in the Golden Knights zone. I I thought, you know, Logan Thompson getting every single save in that first period gave the Golden Knights a chance to regroup, get back to... to, to some type of offensive pressure in the second. It didn't really happen um, to to the level that you would have liked it to for the Golden Knights, but I thought Logan Thompson was really, really good in that first period and made some big saves to keep that one close enough for the Golden Knights to try to come back.
1: Yeah, there's two ways to look at that first period yesterday. And one is uh, the goaltender wants to get rid of the nerves. The athlete wants mm-hmm. to settle into the game. And, and maybe uh, a 10... Eight shot count in favor of the Nashville Predators is is exactly what he needed. Uh, the other one right. is you want to ease him into the game and you want to produce a performance like you saw against Winnipeg, where you fire twenty two shots at the other net and you you really um, uh, take control of the game and you uh, allow your goaltender just to kind of settle in softly uh, to the game. Uh, which which one and. I mean, he saved them yesterday. It, it could have been mm-hmm. really uh, ugly early on because of the ten shots that he faced. Uh, eight were were good scoring chances. Five yes. were high danger chances. Uh, which one would you prefer, or which one uh, if you had your your option uh, of, of taking?
2: I mean, I like, listen. I would I would love a twenty two to five output uh, from my team in in that first opportunity, that first game, because that just kind of gives you an idea that the team in front of you is playing really well and that, you know, they're, they're dialed in they're They're focused in on, on establishing their game plan more so than the other team taking it to them. Uh, That all being said, I think that there's something to be said about getting some shots early and getting yourself into the game. Some of the hardest games I think for goaltenders to play is, are those games where they're only seeing four or five shots and it's sporadic in nature when they're getting them. So, um, I, I think the way the game set up for Logan Thompson it was probably exactly what he needed to get himself into the game, get that first save out of the way early, and then settle in from there uh, I just you you probably would have liked the golden Knights to to have a little bit more of an even yeah. first period than they did the, and, and the and that just were, wasn't the shots case for
1: even i I looked at at one point it was six six of the shots and said mm-hmm. to our producer Mike Neglio. This is the most lopsided 6-6 shot count in a <laughs> 0-0 game I've ever witnessed because the better scoring chances were for the Nashville Predators. And uh, like, it's easy to say, I want to get into the game, give me some action early. But you can still got to make those mm-hmm. saves. And that's where he yeah. came up with, with saves. Otherwise, uh, we're talking about a different story.
2: Yeah, no, 100%. Again, I I thought, and and I think I tweeted it out last night at some point, but it was the Logan Thompson show in the first period. And and while, you know, 10-8, it's not as lopsided from from on-the-shot counter as you would expect it to, almost everything that Nashville put toward the net was uh, bang-bang, one-timer, or or really, really dangerous. And for the Golden Knights, everything came from the outside. They, They were... They were out of sync to me in that first period. Their breakouts just were not quick enough. They weren't clean enough. And it led to a ton of icings and and an inability for the Golden Knights to kind of release some of that pressure that the Predators were putting on them. And so when you have a team, and, and Logan mentioned it, right? Like everybody in the league is really, really good, elite hockey players. When you give a team as much offensive zone time as the Nashville Predators had and you're unable to kind of get the matchups you're looking for because you keep icing the puck. Uh, It's going to lead to to dangerous scoring chances, and if not for Logan Thompson, that game probably would have been over in the first period.
1: You mentioned the icings. It it Mm -hmm. jumped out at at a few of us last night. At one point, I thought we were curling. Yeah. There's so many pucks just sent down the line.
4: Curling is a sport where you throw a stone down the ice, right? Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, I know. I, I got it. Translation from Jared uh, Justice. Thank you. Jared. Okay, sorry. You uh, seemed to pause. Yeah, he did pause, didn't he?
2: Yeah. Well, it's it just you know it's it's there. It's mm-hmm. it's a Darrenism. Wow. Uh, but the I'm not like, I, I. You you keep trying to bring curling into into like just any you. conversation you can. It, it's too much. Is it is it, is it like his...
1: soccer? Yeah. Uh, is with it some his people?
4: soccer?
2: No. It's it's like it's like when you. No no no, it, Darren does it with curling and he does it with golf. Yeah. He brings those two into the equation knowing that I just don't care enough Chapman about it with one of them.
1: with soccer. Uh, yeah, all, yeah, for sure. 100%. Uh, remember yesterday we were teeing up the game against Nashville and we're talking it's an eight game homestand. It's supposed to be six, mm-hmm. turns into eight and it's yep. too, it's too much time at home. There's nothing you can do about it right now. It wasn't planned to be an eight-game homestand. you got to deal with it, and, and you got to find a way to produce uh, some good performances. But it's not ideal. Except that there's going to be – you have to come to the reality of and, and, and find a way to just have it roll off your back is there's going to be lulls. And we went through the schedule. and may, last, Was last night the lull game? For the Vegas Golden Knights, knowing that it's the Rangers and then the Chicago Blackhawks and uh, next week you've got uh, uh the, the Pittsburgh Penguins. like it was was last night the soft game from a uh just being sharp and being motivated and having a lot of buzz around the game.
2: I, I would hope so. Mm-hmm. Um based on what we saw from the Golden Knights last night. Yeah, I, I would hope so. Um you know, again, I, I kind of made the argument that I th- I feel like the lull happened. Um, if, if you don't want to say second period against Winnipeg, maybe you could say third period, even though they did score two goals late. I get that. But uh, just the way the Golden Knights started that third period, it, it was listless. It, it just didn't translate to me uh for a team that that had an opportunity still in that game to kind of take it over in the third period and then uh, yeah i just they didn't have it they did not have it last night against the Nashville predators they had about eight and a half nine minutes in the third period where they were really pushing the pace and nearly did it they nearly tied it up they nearly found a way um but yeah i mean if 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 that wasn't the lull then you're going to be in trouble against the Rangers and, and some of the teams coming into T-Mobile Arena over the next uh, three games,
1: four games. I thought they were better offensively than, uh, than some people. Uh, Shane Naughty and I disagreed with that on, on the set, and uh, he wins out because he played the game. And Pete DeBoer ends up saying uh, a lot of what Shane did on the post-game show. But uh-huh. they, they did they did have opportunities, maybe not a lot of second opportunities. And I go back to uh, a minute 2 minutes into the game uh, when they had the 2 uh-huh. on 0 and was that a harbinger yeah. of what was going to come smith and marsello so, uh in alone and they don't get the sh- the shot on goal uh and they don't con- convert on it they don't generate uh and force uc saros to to make a save was that just like okay this is the way this game is going to go in 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 retrospect
2: it felt like it yeah. um it- 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 and especially with those two players like it- it's not often that you're going to have Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault on a clear-cut on 0 and not get a shot on goal, right. not force the goaltender to make a save. And when it happens to two players that this year have been incredibly consistent and have done everything you'd ask for them to do with all the injuries, it just kind of felt like that was a sign of this team just not being uh, in sync and not having that that ability to execute it last night. it just It just wasn't there for the Golden Knights.
1: Uh, We will chat a little bit more about what Pete DeBoer did with his roster yesterday, his lineup. Uh, There were some changes made uh, in the game uh, and uh, before the game as well. So he shook some things up uh, during the course of the the contest. We'll dive into that in hour number two. And we'll bring you our our one-timer segment, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, and some significant news uh, regarding the Edmonton Oilers. But up next, it's UNLV hockey and a big announcement. Uh, We'll shift over to college hockey as we continue to broadcast from uh, the Fox Sports studios here on uh, the VGK Insider Show.
3: Uh, I think just standing there, uh, you know, during the national anthem and and just realizing kind of how far, uh, how far I've come, Um, you know, four years ago, I was in university. So it's, uh, you know, I think then is when I was just trying to soak it all in and uh, it was really exciting. You know, my, you know, my dad was able to make it out here tonight and, you know, really thankful for the opportunity he was able to be here for this. And, uh, you know, I'm going to remember it forever.
0: We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM.
1: A little bit of Logan Thompson after the game last night. If you uh, missed any of our conversation in the first block uh, with the Southpaw goaltender... Go back, download the podcast and uh, enjoy it because it was really cool. Uh, a lot of stuff in there, including interaction with the Nashville Predator players like Philip Forsberg and Matt Duchesne uh, during the course of the game. Players, it's great that uh, players on the opposition team, National Hockey League veterans uh, coming over and saying, hey, welcome to the league. Uh, congratulations on your first NHL start and congratulations going out to the UNLV men's hockey team. Uh, Anthony Greener is here. Uh, big announcement uh, for your for hockey club, uh, Anthony. Uh, thanks for being with us. Us, uh, today. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity to, to tell everybody about uh, the big steps taking uh, place with your program.
5: Uh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's huge steps. Um, something we've been working on for a long time now,
1: trying to uh,
5: get to that next level. And Here's a small step. Uh, next year, we have three games on our schedule competing against uh, Anchorage NCAA Division One team. Um, like I said, it's been a long process, but very thankful for the opportunity that uh, their coach has given us and their program has given us, and then excited, really, for our boys, just uh, all the hard work they've put in to compete at a level like that and kind of showcase their skills.
1: Uh, You guys are having a great season. We'll get into that uh, in a little bit more detail. But tell me about how this comes to be and the talks, the discussions, and negotiations that allow you to uh, hook up against the Nooks.
5: Uh, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes Um obviously with them coming back and getting their program going. Uh, they wanted to get as many games as possible. Um, so with them reaching out and, you know, we're going back and forth on how we can make this work uh, was just about timing and timing was perfect. Like I said, they're getting their program back. We're looking to take the, our program to the next step and kind of just put ourselves on the map. So logistically, we um, we had a few things to work out and financially we've worked things out and we're able to play two at third place. Um, actually I was just speaking to an ex player that played here a while ago. He's a, a lawyer up there and, uh, he said the buzz up there is already crazy, uh, for the game. And literally, that was just a conversation I just had right before this. So that's exciting. And then we're going to play them one time at home on their back end of when they're at ASU. They'll be at ASU on a Friday and Saturday. They'll, uh, bus down here on a Sunday, practice Monday, Tuesday, and then they'll play us on Wednesday night
1: on our home ice. How about that for a college road trip? ASU and then <laughs> UNLV. Yeah, I-
5: even Alaska in October to come to Arizona and Vegas is a win. So uh, I'm sure their boys will be very excited about that.
1: Uh, that's awesome. Anthony Greener with us on uh, the VGK Insider Show. Big news for the UNLV men's hockey team on the VGK Insider Show in Fox Sports Las Vegas with Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace.
2: Uh, Anthony this just feels rare right especially in in college hockey for uh you know a team like the the skating rebels to to land an NCAA division one opponent like does it happen often or is this just one of those things where uh you keep pushing you keep pushing you you keep pushing and you open up a door here
5: yeah no I always reach out I do the scheduling for us outside of our league play but uh, you know like you said you can't yeah. hurt to uh keep pushing so we we've done that over the years where we're trying to get on a schedule and you know they say oh we're booked or we're not there yet and rightfully so you know it's their it's their call um, so for Alaska to take us on you know that, that's huge for us but we want more games at this level I'll continue to do that you know we had a, a staff meeting earlier today where we thought about hey we should try to get at least you know five the following year and I'm gonna do everything I can to get five Five and O's, or continue to do it at least, and um, kind of just go from there. But for it to be, it is extremely rare. Um, normally, this will never happen. Obviously, the game is growing and it's changing a bit. So you got teams that do hybrid years. Penn State did it. ASU did it. Wood's doing it this year. Um, hybrid year means half the year they're playing ACHA Division One teams, and then half the year they're playing. NCAA Division One teams, and then the following year they make the, the full jump to the Division One level. So, uh, But for the one-offs where we're getting three games, uh, pretty rare. Um, I know some teams have done it in the past, but definitely uh, uh, thankful for the opportunity.
1: Is there pressure that, that you guys have to really compete and or win these games to convince other teams the next year to, to take you on?
5: I don't think it's a pressure. Um, I think that uh, deep outside, this is the kid that we're recruiting to play at the next level for whenever that happens. Our message after the boys is uh, we want to win at this level, but uh, Coach Nick and I have had uh, a bigger vision and uh, dreams since we've come on six years ago, so ultimately we want to get to that next level, and uh, this is just one step to get to that next level, so to uh, recruit the right kids and bring in the culture and that we have, I, I think we're on the right track. We want to compete and make sure it's a game, um, just so we're not a laughing stock of, you know, uh, the league kind of thing. But uh, I'm confident in the group that we have, uh, and then that it might change a little bit next year with kids coming in. But that's what we're recruiting for. We're recruiting for kids that play at the highest junior level. So uh, that's where we stand on that.
1: Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace with Anthony Greener, the head coach of the UNLV men's hockey team.
2: Yeah, that, that's that's an interesting question from from Darren. Just because you know, obviously, you want to show well in in these games, and you, you just kind of look at how this program has grown and. And continue to evolve. And, and I, I think your point's well taken in that, uh, when, when you get these types of games, it, 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 almost makes recruiting, um, maybe a little bit easier, or you're, you're, you're able to widen the pool of, of potential players that, that you can recruit and bring into the, into this organization. So, uh, from like a recruitment standpoint, uh, will the effects of these games the impact of these games kind of be felt over the next couple of years when you are able to go out and recruit and try to bring players in
5: oh definitely um i know a couple years ago uh this is when tina murphy was still there we had a lot of talks about her to make the jump and kind of asu was kind of used their blueprint and uh you know word got out just a little bit and you would get kids is this true is this true you know like uh, that will help you in your recruiting process. Obviously, we were always um, straightforward with them and said, hey, listen, you know, right now there's no timeline, but you know, there's potential it could happen. It could be three years, could be five years. We don't know. But, again, we want to win at this level. But for a game just like the you know, two kids that we have, uh, we spoke to this morning for recruiting next year, and the three kids that we have coming into practice next week, it uh, definitely helps. You know, they want to play at the highest competition. And so when you get to play an NTA Division One team, that's definitely going to help their game too because they get more looks. And if they want to play hockey after uh, college, then you know this is only benefiting them as well.
1: Sixty-eight teams in Division One ACHA, and uh, you guys are, are right at the top of the standings, three points out of first place. It's been a, an incredible run uh, thus far. What? What goes into the timeline then? Uh, Because you've got a great program. uh, You're challenging uh, for the best record in the nation. Uh, How do you get to being on the cusp of a Division I program?
5: Uh, A lot of it's going to do financially. And, you know, when school comes around and uh, want to add another program, you know, add a hockey program, obviously we would have to uh, add a women's program, you know. Mm -hmm. What it would be, you know, who knows? Obviously, we would love to see women's hockey with me having a daughter and another one on the way. I'd love to have Vegas hockey, have a women's team here. But financially, I just don't know if that would work right away. But uh, continue to win at this level. Obviously, we know this as Vegas residents. Vegas is built on winners. When Vegas teams are winning, you know, we have the best fans and uh, they're they're, they're gung-ho. And sometimes when we go on a little bit of skids, I know this is at the college level, They kind of just back off here a little bit. And um, so, you know, our goal is to put a good product on the ice with the kids we bring in on and off the ice, continue to win. And the money will come sooner or later. Um, You see it with, uh, you know, like ASU and other schools in the talks about it. Uh, They need more hockey out West. So what, what would be best for uh, um, the West coast would be teams like, you know, us and Oregon and, uh, maybe a California team, a UC, USC or UCLA school, just growing the game. So uh, that, that's, uh, that's our goal is to continue to grow the game. And if it gets to that next level, that's our main goal, and we're going to keep doing everything we can to get there.
1: You know, the men's hockey program will face uh, University of uh, Anchorage, uh, Alaska, next year in a Division One program. So three games uh, head-to-head with a Division One program. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace with uh, head coach Anthony Greener on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
2: All right, Anthony, so you, you guys have had a little bit of time off. You returned to the ice in, in Janu- mid-January, January 14th. Uh, just kind of a quick overview of, of how your season has gone so far. You guys have done a lot of winning. Um, and beyond that, just uh, kind of the, the remaining games on the schedule and, and which one for fans that are listening that want to get out to a UNLV hockey game this year. Uh, what are some of those, uh, those remaining games on the schedule that are, are paramount for, pan- for fans to get out to?
5: Yeah, just to touch on the season, you know, we have high standards and high expectations. Um, we have uh, built a great culture, and the depth of the team speaks volumes for the kids themselves. They, uh, they hold themselves accountable each day in practice and making sure everybody's getting better. And I think that's translated to the win column. So when you can go out there and, like we went to Chicago and really had a good run, and we've been on a you know had a twelve game winner. And now that and that is a break. We got to recharge the batteries. Everybody goes home for Christmas, spends time with their family, and kind of reset. And we're right back at it. We started practice um, yesterday. Had a good practice today. Uh, we practiced for two weeks, and like you said, then we open up against University of Jamestown. We just beat the number two team in the country, um, so we play them on uh, January fourteenth and fifteenth, Friday and Saturday. And then we're on the road for a bit, but then uh, we're right back in uh, middle of February against GCU. We're going to do first responders weekend that weekend, so that would be good. And then the uh, first week of March, we're going to play uh, Oregon Ducks. I know they're a Division II team, but um, they have a great following. They're really good uh, at their level right now, and they're making the jump to Division One, so kind of giving them the shot that other teams gave us in the past. So love to see people out there. The sport's been uh, tremendous thus far. Uh, it keeps getting bigger and better each game, every game weekend, and uh, I will say that myself and I know that the boys thrive on stuff like that.
1: Uh, awesome. 16-3, and three, and uh, you're going to get that uh, next uh, opportunity uh, against a Division one school, uh, University of Alaska Anchorage, next year. Uh, when's your daughter due?
5: February 11th. I got uh, one that's 20 months, and I got another one in one month, so... Uh, My wife and my uh, hands will be full, but uh, definitely worth
1: it. You've been doing a lot of work on the power play between 2 and 3 in the morning, my friend. A lot of work on the (laughs) power play uh, (laughs) overnight. Uh, Anthony, good luck uh, with that. Uh, That's the most important thing. And congratulations on this year's success and the opportunity that uh, University of Alaska Anchorage uh, will give you next year. Uh, Look forward to following your progress, pal.
5: Thank you. I appreciate all your time and support.
1: Anthony Green, the head coach of the UNLV men's hockey program. I get to watch them practice all the time because uh, they're going on the ice at City National Arena, you hear the pucks uh, bouncing around, you walk over and uh, watch them, and uh, they'll practice for a couple of weeks and get back at it. Uh, big things happening all over the uh, Las Vegas Valley on the hockey front. Uh, big things happening with the play of the day, and then we'll get into, an in hour number two, a little bit more of the line shuffling that occurred in last night's uh, 3-2 Nashville victory over the Vegas Golden Knights. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
2: Um, it means a lot. Um, I have wanted this for a while now, the, this 100th goal. Um, I've, I've surely had the chances, so it feels good to get a greasy one just to get it over it, um, but, you know, um, my time here as a golden knight has been fantastic, and, uh, you know, this has become a home, so <clears throat> uh, it means a lot to to score 100 uh, hundred goals for this, this franchise this is the VGk
0: Insider show on Fox Sports Las Vegas 98.9 FM and 1340 a.m.
1: now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace he liked the fuse last night uh, on a upcoming explosion of goal production Wild Bill putting one in ended up with two shots uh, one of them just went off his body and in Nadia and I were having the discussion mm-hmm. last night does that, does that count as a shot? Guess it does officially count as a shot, but it yep. wasn't really a shot. Uh, when it and got and it got them going, got got uh, got the push going.
2: It it gave them a spark. It gave them something, and you know, I for the Golden Knights they they needed they needed that. I think for William Carlson, uh, he specifically needed that. Like it, it's it's been. A, a long time coming to get uh, to get that 100th goal to get his fourth goal of the year and uh it, it's in line with with how william has started most of his years with the vegas golden knights it, it takes him a bit to get to goal number four on the year but once he gets there uh things tend to to open up a little bit and he finds the back of the net with more regularity so uh if you if you're looking at that you're hopeful that uh that that goal can spark William Carlson a bit here over the next couple of games.
1: Rare is it that the Golden Knights play that the following day, of the play of the day isn't from their game, but guess what? It happened. Cale McCarr coming up uh, with the play of the day in a just sizzling performance last night for Colorado.
0: A little stutter step to the corner and now McKinnon behind the net.
1: Drops
0: to McCarr. McCarr holds in the corner and now along the half beautiful wheel around move and scores Colorado wins it in overtime what a pirouette goal scored by the young defenseman Cal McCarr oh my god I'm looking in the abs box next to me I looked at their great Joe Sackick their general manager are you kidding me what a play by Cal McCarr watch the situational awareness Drawing the defender in Kirby Dock. Lulling them in. Jams on the break. Cuts
1: back. That's the call of Kale McCarr in overtime beating the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, I'll tell you a story about that in a conversation that I had with Jack Hughes today uh, regarding that play. But uh, Kale McCarr doing it again. And McCarr just raised the bar for the goal of the year. We've got some tickets to give away to the Rangers and Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, That will happen in hour number two. A little bit more reflection on the game against Nashville and our news and notes with our one-timers. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. So Looking forward to telling you about the drama that's building in the game between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers and this homestand for the Vegas Golden Knights that continues. Five more games left. One, one, and one. Out of the gate, have to find some rhythm at home. Pete DeBoer has talked about it. Oh, what will uh, lead to that? Maybe some line juggling. Saw a bit of it during the third period last night. Details coming up in hour two.
0: Short-handed Smith coming down the middle on the backhand. He shoots. He scores. Listen to the fortress. It's a short because one hour isn't enough we welcome you back for hour number two of the vegas golden knights insider show knights get the buck out of the zone
1: here's stone leads stevenson coming in down the middle he gets a backhander off and it's in chandler stevenson
0: from the finley chevrolet fox sports las vegas studios and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your host darren millard
1: and ryan wallace Hour number two of the program. Uh, what a great interview with uh, Logan Thompson in the opening segment of Hour Number One. If you uh, didn't hear it, a uh, lot going into that f- from his preparation for his first career NHL start to the interaction with the other team during last night's game uh, to uh, post game and the reflection and uh, then uh, getting a chance to. Uh, connect with his dad who was in the building last night and uh, just uh, be able to absorb what went down. So uh, a career accomplishment for Logan Thompson on the ice and uh, and obviously for his career, but also uh, for the result, it was a 3-2 victory for the Nashville Predators. We'll get into uh, that uh, in more detail here in hour number two. And uh, the one-timer segment, news and notes from around the National Hockey League, coming up uh, with some news regarding Connor McDavid and uh, potentially his absence from the National Hockey League for the next little bit. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace uh, with you. Uh, out of the gate, we have some tickets to give away for... The Gerard Gallant-Ryan Reeves return to T-Mobile Arena tomorrow night. The New York Rangers, on top of the uh, National Hockey League now, they've got uh, a great start to the season. Uh, they will be at uh, the Fortress tomorrow night. We have three pairs of tickets. We'll give away one pair right now. So give us a call at 702-876-1340. And if you are caller number 11 for the great mm. Mark Messier uh, of the New York Rangers, uh, the captain from the 1994 Stanley Cup uh, winning team. Caller number 11 to 702-876-1340. We'll give away another set of tickets at the end of this block and a third pair of tickets uh, because that's what we do here uh, is uh, going to be given <laughs> away after the one-timer segment. But uh, the result last night, 3-2, uh, disappointing just based on what uh, what went down in the first half of the game uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights and, and not finding their game until the third period
2: yeah I mean for you know for me it, it was a game where I think you, you look at the first 90 seconds probably the first uh, two shifts for the Golden Knights you, you liked what you saw you, you had your third line start with Nick Waugh Car- uh, Matias Janmark and Keegan Colasar and they had a shift in the offensive zone they were really controlling play and then you had that breakaway that 2-on-0 chance for Riley Smith and Jonathan Marchessault, and it felt like from that moment in the first period, it, the, the Nashville Predators kind of took things over. Uh, the Golden Knights were not able to convert there, and Nashville woke themselves up out of a slumber uh, to, to give that puck away the way that they did and really played a, a, a tough, physical hockey game. And, you know, for the Golden Knights, um, they got great gold hitting in the first period, and in the, in the second period, it was... Maybe a little bit more balanced, but still heavily skewed toward the Nashville Predators, and, and the Golden Knights got a spark late in the third and almost tied it up. That That's kind of the game in a nutshell.
1: Uh, Logan Thompson stopped the first 12 last night in, in the game, but it was Philip Forsberg who broke open uh, the contest uh, with his 16th of the season uh, off a turnover, and that uh, was a bit of a refrain last night uh, in just not taking care of the puck for Vegas.
2: Yeah, I, I think so. I, it, it was... It was Puck management for sure, and and it was just kind of an, an inability to get the puck out of their zone quick, right? Like, there were often times where the Golden Knights were hemmed in their own zone. They could not find either a play to break the puck out with, with possession or uh, a play to to chip it off the boards and get it into the neutral zone and try to attack those loose pucks there. Uh, for me, the Golden Knights, their their best plan of attack or their most consistent plan of attack and breaking the puck out of their own zone were long stretch passes that rarely connected and it led to a lot of icings and a lot of missed opportunities in alleviating some of the pressure from the National Predators.
1: Uh, Predators scored a pair in that second period to take the 2-0 lead the part about Vegas was yeah, you're not going to have the, the same start that you did against Anaheim and Winnipeg and it's not going to roll on for 40 games in a row but uh, we, we didn't see a lot. Like, the sense of urgency didn't seem to be there. I don't know whether it was sharpness or sense of urgency or a combination of all, but I was expecting a little bit more of a response in, in the second period. Now, it did happen. It did come around, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I was probably more uh, accepting and liking the, the Golden Knights game than, than a few people uh, because I'm half full. Uh, all the time, you know that, but <laughs> but the the start of that that second period, it just it it didn't have the jump and and I, I think you saw that in in Pete DeBoer. Now the refereeing was I, I think probably misaligned from both coaches' point of views, which means it was sure. even. But but there mm-hmm. was a couple of uh, plays, and and Pete DeBoer doesn't lose his uh, cool, but he was he was visibly not happy. With the officiating last night, and some of that, I think was channeled with not liking his team's game and letting out some frustration there, and barking and and being vocal on the bench as a way to get his his own club going a little bit.
2: Yeah, I I mean I agree with you. I you know officiating is certainly not the reason the Golden Knights lost that no. game last night. That that's that's kind of point number one. But beyond that, I I do think that. Uh, it was a convenient display to be frustrated at some of the calls because for for head coach Pete DeBoer because he just didn't see what he wanted to see from his team in, in a game that you know I I think they that you're right in in pointing out they probably should have had a little bit more jump like you've got a guy in Logan Thompson playing his first career NHL game you want to do your best as as a team in front of him to to allow him to settle in and and do everything you can to get them to win. And, you know, for me, it just, it wasn't there for the golden Knights. And, you know, I, I I am not one of those, uh, one of those guys that, that wants to ever see um, an embellishment and a penalty called uh, uh, for the actual infraction on the same play one or the other. Don't call both. I can't stand it, especially when there's three cross checks in a row. Uh, But, you know, all that being said, um, yeah, I think that, that the officiating was kind of the, the, the jumping off point or, or something you could latch onto if you're Pete DeBoer to, to get some of those frustrations out because of the way your team was playing more so than anything else.
1: I, I think you can still have a penalty and an embellishment on the same call, like a hook. I'm, I'm hook, not there. A, a hook I'm gets in, in, in you. That's a hook. But if you, if you try to oversell it, that's embellishment, uh, uh, a high stick can be up and in, in, in the area, but if you really oversell it, then uh, I think there can be uh, uh, both both calls. Yesterday, there was three cross-checks in a row on Dodonov. And <laughs> was, he, fin- he finally went down. Did he go down easier than you expected? Mm-hmm. I, the, the, the low camera angle uh, pointed towards that. The other two camera angles said, no way. Like, he just got... Beat down, and that's the ones uh, that I kind of paid more attention to. And yet, yesterday, I, I didn't think that was embellishment at all. And at a point in the no. game, game where Vegas is trying to come back, that, that was a big call. I mean, it, it was an embellishment. Like I, 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 again, if if the referee calls
2: the initial infraction the first time, and 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 we know oh, cross checking coming or the second time, but I like let's you know let's let's be honest here. It should have been called the first time. Like with with going into this season, cross checking was going to be something that the NHL was looking to crack down on inside of a game. If a guy is allowed to cross check you three times without getting a call, what are you supposed to do in that situation? It, like it, it was ridiculous. So
1: well, I would have crumbled after it, the first one.
2: Well, yeah, but like that wouldn't have been embellishment either. You're just fragile. Yeah, I'm just soft. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it,
1: it's impressive that the Donoff, uh, stood in there for three of them. That's a tough guy. Yeah, yeah. What did you make of Pete DeBoer taking the goalie out with uh, eleven and a half minutes to go on a five on th- I, three and a five on three?
2: I loved it. It was the best. Yeah. Um, I I wish that more coaches did stuff like that. I mean, especially kind of in the context of where they were at the game in the game. Like it, you're trying to come back from three nothing down. Like what what's another goal? Like either either you you. You put everything into one basket and you try and you think outside the box a little bit. Maybe you can catch an opponent napping, not really understanding um, it, it with 10 minutes left, why or or the gravity of that situation. But I, I love the fact that at that moment, with really nothing going offensively for the Golden Knights, their head coach didn't give up on the game. He didn't punt on the game. He was looking for a way to get his team back in it, and I think that messaging is more important than anything else.
1: Yeah, and you're and you're, you're taking a chance because you're not sure your team's going to be able to get themselves into the game in that particular mm-hmm. night. So give them a jolt and yeah. and a little, little bit of a spark with the extra attacker.
2: No, I, I loved it. I I was very much hoping that we would have a, a, a goalie change on the fly. Like, I was hoping oh, that at some point... Buddy, it almost um, happened. The, I know. The door I know. was open,
1: it, and, and, <laughs> and Thompson was waiting for a player to come back, and then there was a penalty called. But it was it, yeah. it, was, it was going to happen, and I've never seen it in person occur in uh-huh. the National Hockey League where the goalie was put back in on the fly.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I, I mean, talk about... Talk about your first NHL game, your first career start, and all of a sudden you're put in a situation where you've got to change on the fly Is Logan Thompson. That would have been phenomenal. I, I wish it would have happened. I'm, I'm glad it didn't have to happen that way, uh, but it would have been pretty funny. It would have been a nice footnote.
1: I should have asked him about that. Totally uh, slipped my mind when we were talking to him, uh, that he may have to go back in uh, on the fly and uh, be able to, uh, to go uh, in. It it's happened at other levels, just uh, not in the National Hockey League. And because the the Golden Knights still had ten minutes to to, to go in the game at that point, yeah, p- put them back in when you're not on on a five on three. A lot of line juggling last night by Pete DeBoer.
2: Yeah, I I think the the most important thing um, is, is the the breaking up of the misfits. And and you know you you've kind of looked at this line all season long. They have had. Rarely a stretch of three games where there hasn't been production with all three of them in the lineup Carlson, Marshall, and Smith. Um, and you know, last night through two periods, it just wasn't working. There just wasn't much offensively from the Golden Knights. Uh, with the Misfits, specifically Carlson, Marshall, and Smith, like, I, I just think that there's, um, maybe plays where they're overthinking or overanalyzing the situation. There's there's a lack of simplicity in their game the last couple of games. And, and I think that, you know, you go into the third period, you try something a little bit different. It takes a while for it to take, but the Golden Knights were able to come back. They were able to get a couple of goals and make it an interesting final three minutes of the game. So um, I'm curious to see what ends up happening with the Lions for the Golden Knights tomorrow, and also whether or not Mark Stone's able to go.
1: I thought the Misfits were dynamic against the Winnipeg Jets. Just didn't get anything out of it. I think they had fourteen shot, no, fourteen shots the last two games uh, going into last night for John of the March. So twelve shots uh, for the for the the line against the Winnipeg Jets, knocking on the door all, all around the net, and then last night. We got Riley Smith uh, trying to break out of a slump. William Carlson doesn't have as many goals as he would like. Uh, Jonathan uh, uh has been uh, the fixture of consistency all season long. Um, it just when they weren't it looks it looked like they they were frustrated last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, and not... breaking them up uh, gives uh, just it, it grabs your attention. Uh, I don't think it happens at the start of a game. Mm-hmm. Not yet. But when Jack Eichel arrives, I think that's going to be a very uh, legitimate option for Pete DeBoer game to game. So I,
2: I I think frustrated is probably the right word to use with how they 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 appeared yesterday together, um, and, and a, a couple of people wanted to to kind of jump on the bandwagon of well the Nashville Predators were really physical in the game. And they were finishing all their checks. They were making it really tough. And kind of drawing a correlation between the physicality of the Nashville Predators and that being the point where the frustration boiled over for the Misfits. Where do you stand on that?
1: I think they were physical. Uh, Nashville is is a heavier team. Uh, McCarron, yeah. it, like he is just a... Beast out there who can get around the ice too, uh, butnot uh, yeah, as as well, and yeah. uh, jenot for for a kid that's uh, that 's in the in the mix for the calder trophy uh, gets it done uh, all over the ice uh, with with his hands with the gloves on with the gloves off and and with mm-hmm. the body uh, r- really impressive so yeah I, I I thought nashville was was physical uh, with the golden nights um, I also uh, think that there is um, a little bit of frustration. Not with each other on the line, and I want to make it clear. I don't think they were frustrated uh, uh, with their fellow line mates. It was that they couldn't push the the p across the line and and make it uh, uh, some some offensive contribution. And then the referee also got at them. And uh, you, saw Jonathan saw so in the interference call, uh, t- like, <laughs> a b- beeline towards the referee, and and that I can't remember which linesman it was but yeah. he might have set a 50 yard record for fastest sprint <laughs> on ice uh because he was he just saw the the look at, in Marcius's eyes uh yeah. cuz he was so upset uh with the call but yeah i i, I think it it just uh, it it got to them last night on on multiple levels but uh i still would 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 go back to them because their their previous few games uh have they've done everything except just take over the game statistically
2: yeah i mean I, I thought last night for the Golden Knights was a fairly physical game from them, too. Like, I I thought that especially in that first period, the Golden Knights, though they didn't have the puck, they were still trying to complete some checks. They were still going and throwing the body around. It was probably one of the 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 bigger nights for this Golden Knights team in, in the hit column, for sure. Um, I, I don't feel like they wilted much in terms of, of that physic, physical types of play, but I do think that, the, the Predators wore them down a bit. I, I do think that Nashville and their insistence on being just a thorn to play against uh, did frustrate a Golden Knights team. And, and that line in particular, when they're moving the puck down low and they're playing close together and they're they're just creating all this misdirection, they're so very good. And I think where it becomes frustrating for them is when they they when they do all that work, they put in all that energy. To get the puck to a dangerous spot, and then it bounces over a stick, or uh, you just can't connect on that final pass that sets up the play. Uh, that's where you really get most of the frustration for the misfits uh, that they're dealing with right now. Uh,
1: there is a there is a disconnect more between the defensemen and the forwards, and that you you talked about the icings and stretch passes and 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 yeah. uh, not just being connected. And there's. There's that part of it uh, that also has to play uh, a hand in this. I want to, because I am half full all the time uh, and yeah. look through rose-colored glasses. We've talked about the surge in scoring lately. And last night, there again, there was four games with, uh, with seven or more goals uh, in the game. And Tampa uh, allowed nine when Vasilevsky uh, wasn't in the lineup and they had some COVID issues. Uh, Arizona, uh, uh, Pittsburgh scored six the other night uh, in the first period uh, of a game. Like, last night was the one where you can kind of circle and say, okay, if it's ever going to – and because it hasn't happened to Vegas this year. They're, the the closest it got was that, that second game of the season against Los Angeles. And that was just mm-hmm. a one-off. But if you're ever going to point to a game where – it would get to one one of those one games where everything just goes wrong because of injury, because COVID, because uh the the goaltending uh is isn't there or goaltending uh is is reaching the death parts. Like that, that last night was the one game. No stone, no paci, uh, mm-hmm. uh no Martinez, uh no Leonard, no Brussois. There's, there's a whole bunch of reasons and, and add to it that Nashville was 8-1-1 in their last 10 coming in. And it didn't like Vegas still had a really good chance and probably should have been able to get a point out of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I give a
2: lot of that credit to, to Logan Thompson coming in and not allowing the moment to be bigger than him. Exactly. And, you know, it, it, and that's, that's really kind of what it boils down to is you're talking about some other teams that have been in a, a similar situation where they've had to go three or four deep on their goaltending depth chart. And, uh it hasn't gone particularly well. And we're talking about good teams too. the, the you know, Tampa Bay Lightning, one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league. And even though they have the right players uh, up front, they 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 just didn't get the goaltending. Uh, the Golden Knights were able to get that last night from Logan Thompson, and and I think that as we talked about yesterday, it's it's more it 's not so much about Logan Thompson individually right now in this moment, and whether or not um you're you're expecting him or hoping for him to play another game or get back into action it's really understanding that uh, from an organizational standpoint and their depth at that position they're doing pretty good because Logan Thompson came in and it didn 't feel like there was any drop off from what you, from the type of game you would have gotten from. Lauren Brassois, and I think that that's kind of the best compliment you can give Logan Thompson in that situation.
1: New York Rangers tomorrow, and we have two more sets of tickets to give away for the Rangers and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, One more at the end of this block, and one more at the end of the uh, one-timer segment. New York Rangers expected to start Igor Shosturkin, one of the top goaltenders Mm -hmm. in the National Hockey League. I don't know who starts for Vegas tomorrow night. I don't know who's available to start for Vegas tomorrow night. And that will be uh, a storyline that we will follow with great interest at the at the morning skate tomorrow. The team had an off day today. Uh Bressois, uh hasn't uh hasn't skated in the last uh, last couple. Uh Leonard skated at the start of the week, uh was was out there for practice and yesterday was a couple of kids, uh, soon to be twenty-five-year-old Logan Thompson, and uh, his backup was his uh, his tandem mate uh, with the uh, Henderson Silver Knights, and Dylan Ferguson. Uh, it, it'll be fascinating to watch that. It, the the big story about Logan Thompson and his first NHL start. Does it become back-to-back starts, or is Prisault or Leonard or somebody else uh, available?
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's a big time question mark for the Golden Knights going into the game tomorrow, and one will get. I, ideally, hopefully, potentially, maybe, uh, some answers on tomorrow during uh, during morning skate. But yeah, I mean the the points well taken. We know Robin Leonard has been practicing. We know Laren Brossois has not been practicing, and ooh, the Golden Knights were in a position uh, just 24 hours ago where they had uh, Logan Thompson being backed up by Dylan Ferguson. So if that's the case coming into tomorrow, uh, I think you're you're looking at it saying. Thankfully, Logan Thompson got a game under his belt before playing one of the better teams in the league right now, statistically, in the New York Rangers.
1: Uh, Either way, it'll be uh, a great sign that Robin Leonard's back if he's back. It'll be really positive if it's Loren Bersois uh, able to play after not dressing Uh, last night it sounds like he was around the team so that's good lower body injury Uh, and or Logan Thompson uh, a a few less nerves uh, for him uh, as he faces the New York Rangers but uh, I think you can spin if you want to talk about it uh, in that direction or just me uh, with uh, with a glass half full Uh, I think there's there's positives uh, in in any of the three that I think could step in and, and start tomorrow night
2: yeah, there's good there's good goaltending storylines for the Golden Knights going into the game, and and you're right. If if you get Robin Leonard back into the fold, you, you get your number one goalie back. That's big and huge for the Golden Knights. If if Laurent Brossois the guy and able to go, and Robin Leonard still on the on the comeback trail, then you've got your number two back in the fold, and you have a, a backup in in Logan Thompson that you know you feel comfortable with and confident in if you need to go to him for any. Reason in, in the game. And if not, I, I think you, sh- you, 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 Logan Thompson showed you enough yesterday to, to feel confident that within a game, he can give you a chance to win. And that's all you're asking your goaltender to do.
1: I, I expect a much more intense start to the period tomorrow night.
2: I mean, I, I would, I would hope so. Um, we'll see. I, it, it's, I don't expect the Golden Knights to have two lackluster starts in a row, but at one point this year, starts were an issue for this club. They were an issue for the team. Uh, they hadn't been lately, and that's what kind of gives me hope that they'll be able to just flush that one against the Predators and come back with a better effort against the, uh, the New York Rangers. And they're certainly going to be... Uh, more juice in this game for the Golden Knights, top to bottom, because you're playing against, um, you know, Ryan Reeves, who was a big-time member of this team, and Gerard Gallant, first coach in uh, in Golden Knights history.
1: Yeah, if the if the biggest dip of your season is is a three-two loss in which you had a furious push at the end, that's that's okay. Now it's it's not two points, and it's not one point, point. and Anaheim got a little mm-hmm. closer last night, but it's still, you you can see where okay. There's uh, there's some positives, and it also gets everybody's attention uh, as you as you hit game four of the eight game homestand. That happens fast. I just realized they hit the halfway point of that eight game homestand uh, tomorrow night. Uh, so that'll be uh, something that we'll also uh, track down one one and one uh, to start. So when we uh, take a break, we're going to bring back the one timer segment. But before we do that, another set of tickets for the Rangers and the Vegas Golden Knights. Give 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 give. That's all we do around here. Uh, 702-876-1340. What number would you like to go with this time, Ryan? I'm
2: going to go with number twenty nine.
1: Oh, he's not happy. He is not <laughs> happy with you.
2: You only
4: have four phone lines. You know how hard that is to keep track of. All you right.
1: Know, you know what I would have done? I Just would have went one, double, two, three. I would have went, went John Davidson double zero. And made it really easy uh, for Jared. We're yeah. just but,
4: not going to give them away. But that's <laughs> just keep me. Them?
1: Yeah, I would have uh, found it somebody to give them to. No, uh, so caller number 29. <sighs> uh, and we'll come back uh, with uh, the first two winners. And uh, we also have, stay with us if you don't win this. If you're not caller number 29, we've got uh, one more set of tickets to give away. Uh, one-timers next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. One-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Uh, Let's start with the absence of Connor McDavid. He's not in the lineup for the Edmonton Oilers tonight as they try to snap a four-game losing streak, taking on the Toronto Maple Leafs. But Austin Matthews is. Why is that significant? Well, both players tested positive uh, for COVID-19 earlier this week. Uh, McDavid uh, was going to have a follow-up test. Uh, I didn't hear anything about what that test result was, but... He's not in the lineup, so I'm led to believe that he's in uh, COVID protocol. Austin Matthews had a follow-up test and was negative, so he is allowed to play. It's 2-2 in that game uh, involving the Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers, and Matthews does have an assist. uh, But for the Oilers, this is uh, insult to uh, injury to uh, absence uh, for Connor McDavid as things start to go sideways in a big way for a team that was off to a fantastic start in the Pacific Division this year. And there's some, uh, not just McDavid being out of the lineup, but uh, some other things uh, happening in and around the team. And one of those is a response from the goaltender, uh, Mikko Koskinen, who is quoted today uh, as, uh, because Dave Tippett wasn't very happy with uh, some of Koskinen's play.
2: And uh, Mm -hmm.
1: Koskinen responded with, it's not Nice being thrown under the bus. I have to be better, but at the same time, we scored seven goals in my last six losses. I can't score goals. Frustration blowing over for the Edmonton Oilers.
2: I mean, he can't make saves either, so there's that. Um, Well, he's only seven goals. Yeah, yeah, I know. Listen. Yeah, the the run support it's not there right now for Miko Koskinen. But the fact of the matter is, if you go into this year with Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen, and you, you did, um, and Mike Smith has been injured essentially almost all year, and Miko Koskinen has to be the guy, then he's got to be the. Guy. And and like I get it when you're a team that's built around two players, and those two players are going through a stretch where they're not producing at all elite, all world levels. You're not going to win very many hockey games, but it's up to Miko Koskinen, who's getting paid a pretty handsome uh, salary, to find a way to stop some pucks and give him give his team a chance to win. It's just not
1: happening. They okay. What happens first? The Oilers make a change or acquire a goaltender.
4: Hmm.
2: Um. I mean, I, I think they're going to make a change because I, I don't know how many goaltenders are out there that they're going to pull right now, right? Like, I mean, you look at it and, and the way the year started for Marc-Andre Fleury and the Chicago Blackhawks, it seemed destined to be a position where uh, you were looking to move on or, or, or try to try change of scenery. But right now, it, it's not going as poorly for Chicago as it is for the Edmonton Oilers and Marc-Andre found his game and all that. So I, I don't know that, that that's going to happen. to Rask is only going to be a Boston Bruin. You know that. And, you know, the I think if you're if you're the Edmonton Oilers realistically looking at this, you were hoping for perhaps a, a better, uh, uh, for, for Ben Bishop to kind of get himself back and ready because you have the Dallas Stars who had so many goaltenders to start the year. But right now there's just, there's not a surplus of goalies that they can go out and acquire. And, you know, I, I think that they're probably going to make a change first and then hope to get something at the trade deadline.
1: There's not a surplus of goaltenders, but everybody's available. So you might have to just go out and make a hockey trade. You might you might not uh, be just left with taking somebody Who? who's who's uh, is just available because their team's out of the playoffs. You might have to just go out and find mm-hmm. find a trade and and try and and, and well y- y- you gotta you gotta give something up more. To, to make a trade mm-hmm. to bring something else of value in that's that's the everybody's which, available Ryan,
2: which is which is the hard part for an Edmonton Oilers team that mm-hmm. I made the argument doesn't have depth, like they just, they don't have a they don't have another piece they don't have an expendable piece to to move out to bring in a goalie.
1: There's always picks. There's always players. It I don't think do you have something in mind? I don't think they're they're, they're there yet where they're willing to give up a lot, a lot for a goaltender. They're still going to try uh-huh. and hold on. Because of the division and the way it is and the playoffs, the, it, the, the hope is that McDavid, uh, when he gets back, uh, if, if he's out uh, for any period of time because of, because of COVID protocol or dry settle, that they'll be able to start outscoring their mistakes and they'll be able to withstand this without uh, paying uh, so much more uh, for a trade, they might be able to uh, whittle it down and, and uh, be able to get uh, away with it in the back end towards the trade deadline. But I, no, I don't have anything in mind. It's just you, you got to be able to, if it goes south and sideways, you either make a change at coach, which I don't think is, is necessary right now because Dave Tippett mm-hmm. uh, can't make saves and he can't score goals. So uh, that that's <laughs> not not on Dave Tippett. Uh, so, so it he, almost he, feels he, like the change isn't, isn't the coach. No, like it's not. The change is in roster in coach. construction, right? Yeah, like, I wouldn't make the change in coach, but uh, yeah. I, I, I have, I've witnessed uh, a lot of scuttlebutt out there that uh, about that conversation. The conversation should be mm-hmm. finding some security and uh, stability in goal. I love Mike Smith. He just mm-hmm. hasn't been able to play. Mikko Koskinen... Uh, just seems destined in this final year of the contract uh, that Peter Shirelli uh, goodbye uh, uh, gift uh, that, that it's just oh it's not going to work out. Failing that, if if you're not going to get a bunch of goals out of the best uh, tandem in the league, you might have to bite it and, and go out and make something happen on your own. And the, the Pittsburgh Penguins actually made a trade today. Alex Nylander mm-hmm. has been acquired from the Chicago yeah. Blackhawks for Sam Lafferty in in somewhat of a hockey trade.
2: So here's here's my um, rock star analysis of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Nylander is going to be the next guy that gets to play with with uh, Sidney Crosby and, and turns into the next Evan Rodriguez because it, it just it happens so often for this Pittsburgh Penguins team that why not right like for whatever reason they're able to find guys, plug them in and get the the absolute most maximized from those players. So, uh, I have no doubt that at some point in time here, maybe not this year, but at some point Alex Nylander is going to be uh, a big piece to a Pittsburgh Penguins team that continues to defy all odds and my uh my anger and frustration toward the Penguins is growing by the day.
1: Casper Capitan, a uh, long list uh, there. Uh so uh the Jack Hughes conversation that I had uh, today. It was, it, it, have, you, have you ever met him or, or talked to him?
2: I haven't. I want to. Yeah, I, that's I, that's I, kind of the the only way I could I, I could put
1: it. I met Quinn. Uh, did the draft uh, when 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 he was uh, picked by by the Vancouver Canucks, but I didn't know Jack at all. Uh, he's yeah. he's a rock star, man. Like the stuff that we talked about today, <laughs> and 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 went and bounced around. It was wild. And he is he is as honest as the, the day is long on June 20th. <laughs> what? Because that's summer solstice. No, that's Jared's uh, laughing right now. Oh. Uh, oh. It's, no, I got is it. He so cool. It. We talked about shootouts, and he was like, uh, whether he liked doing shootouts, and he's like, yeah, I was two for 13 my first year. I sucked. And then but we went into all this other stuff about uh, him watching the Cale McCart play on the plane last night uh, after the game mm-hmm. and and immediately talking about uh he can't give Makar too much credit because Quinn Quinn's in the same division or, or same <laughs> conference uh but but he did chirp Quinn a little bit saying yeah, you gotta you gotta get going on this and all, all over the place uh, skills coaches and and uh and his roommate uh, because Luke is coming uh, his his younger brother Luke is drafted, drafted by yeah. the New Jersey Devils, and talking about how he had to have the tough conversation with Ty Smith, his roommate. Uh, that mm-hmm. Luke's coming, and sorry, Ty, you're out, you're done. <laughs> After this, yeah. But I, just a cool kid and and a, and a fun conversation.
2: Yeah, I, I've heard a, a couple of interviews with him. I'm certainly going to be listening to yours with with Jack when it comes out, and and the reason being is I, I'm fascinated by. Jack Hughes, the person. He just seems to be his own guy. There's a lot of confidence. There's a lot of, of, I can do this. I can be the guy the New Jersey Devils expected me to be, wanted me to be when they drafted them or drafted him. And he can go out there and he believes he can dominate games every single night. And it's going to take time. He's getting to the point where, it, right now, a point game player, eight goals, nine assists, 17 points in 17 games. He's coming, and I just I love the confidence that he brings and just how unique he is uh, in, in his interviews. He's he's very much a, a different cat in in just kind of being honest about what he says and and where he goes with his interviews. He's just a really
1: interesting guy. Best celebration uh, in the league right now, throwing the stick in the stands. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he didn't do it last yeah. time. Well, I, mean, I don't think you can do it every time. Oh no, you got to do it. If you score an overtime, that's his thing now. When he scores uh, an overtime, no, sticks got, sticks got to go, sticks got to go. He, d- he didn't do it last time, and did you, uh, did and you we tell him? It. What's it? Yeah, I told him. Did you? Oh, okay. I told him what he's got like, to go, and and he's thinking about uh, bringing it back because he didn't do it last time and he took some heat, and uh, oh. like nobody else does. it. That, that's cool. It beats like kneeling down and rubbing your uh, dragging your hand on the ice. Let's go. I never mm-hmm. even thought throw, of throw a stick, throw throw a stick down and warm your hands with it.
2: Get everybody angry about you.
1: Oh yeah, Great. the Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still think yeah.
1: that was that was fun. The the reaction it was that awesome. Was, it was was overblown on that one. Yes, um, but I, I enjoyed it. Um, also, want to talk about uh, the Arizona Coyotes friends and family in attendance last night. Ooh, that was that was not pretty. <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey, mom! You want to come see me get beat?
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> not, not. Good. Some quotes. It was the Jets against the Coyotes last night. Some mm-hmm. guesses yep. were in and around three thousand.
2: Yeah, not surprised.
1: So when like, does Phil Kessel walk into the uh, the general manager Bill Armstrong's office and go done? I mean, he's you know
2: he's still cashing checks right now, so there's that. Um, I would argue soon, and it, you know, like the what's what's the reason? Like, it, it, what are the reasons for Coyotes fans to go to games? Legitimately,
1: see NHL hockey, watch the other
2: team.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Mike, I gave you two. See NHL like, hockey, watch mean, the well, other team. Oh no,
2: no 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 no! You gave me one. Yeah. You gave me one, Derek. one no.
1: NHL team You gave play. me
2: one NHL team. See, That's NHL what you saw.
1: And then watch the other team. It's an exhibition game.
2: More or less. Yeah.
1: But there's, like... I didn't say they were beyond, good, re- <laughs> like, they're hey, be- good beyond. reasons. They're not good reasons <laughs> for the home spans, but but there are two reasons.
2: Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, there there are not good reasons. You're absolutely are, right.
4: Are tickets at least low? Like that's that's always the thing that I'm curious about. Is so there was a point during when I lived in Kansas City where it park, it cost more to park to see a Royals game than it cost to go see a Royals game. Really? Yes. So
1: at what point do you was just go? Was that Earl Kaufman with the artificial turf and the just?
4: It was at Kaufman. I don't know if it was uh, like, but yeah. It, it, at what point do you just go? Okay, guys, five bucks.
1: Yeah, come on. Where where you're closing concessions because it's too, it's the it's too you're, expensive to keep them open because there's not enough people coming through. You have through.
4: more people who are employed by the team, yes, <laughs> attending the game <laughs> than you do
1: fans in the. Here's stands. the bad part: they're only halfway through this thing. Like, what's it going to be like in April and in March? The same as it's the same as it's been the last three months of the season. Actually, there, there are crowds up until this. I've been watching, waiting for the for the shooter drop on this. It's been okay. Mm-hmm. I know, like, the the Vegas game, there was a bunch of Vegas people there. Uh, uh, there's been other crowds where you, I was pleasantly surprised. Not, not last night at all. Uh, Dave Lowry, chatted with him, too, and uh, he's the coach of the Winnipeg Jets right now. He mm-hmm. called uh, to go talk to the general manager and uh, and he didn't know what was happening. He was just told to go talk to the general manager and then when he sure. got there he was told Paul Maurice was, uh, uh, had resigned and that he was taking over. But can you imagine getting that call from your boss? Come and mm-hmm. see me. And you're just sitting there going, okay. Well, I mean, wouldn't it be I your mean, boss's
4: a, boss?
2: You just yeah. got a call from... I've had a few moments in my life like that. Yeah. Usually,
1: does your stomach drop? Usually
2: if I've No, I mean if I've if I've the way that I live my life, I, it's usually a good thing. Like I don't get too overly concerned about uh going to the principal's office.
1: Jared.
4: Oh yeah, no, it's
2: always a bad thing. Yeah, like, me too. It's always always bad. Okay, I, I
4: know I, guys, I know what I did, but I wonder what they caught. Me.
2: <laughs> you you guys are living wrong, man.
1: Uh, no. Yeah, oh, there's, there's, there's that too. Yeah. Well, Jared it. and I have lived uh, lived a thousand lives between the two of us. You don't get a
4: refund at the end of your life for playing safe.
1: Yeah, good point. But no, I'm uh, I'm happy to report that this was a a good call that uh, that the Winnipeg Jets uh, coach uh, has. Uh, we've got some tickets to give away.
4: Yes, but who uh, who has already won? Oh,
1: Umberto and Stephanie. That is correct. So, so congratulations. Uh, see, I read the, the notes that you send me. All right. Very good. I don't ignore you.
4: I've sent it like three times, so, you know.
1: All right. Stephanie and Humberto uh, were both the uh, winners. We need one more winner for the Vegas Golden Knights, New York Rangers, uh, a set of tickets to tomorrow night's game at T-Mobile Arena, 7 o'clock start, 702-876-1340. I will go with number nine. Little Adam Graves. Caller number nine. And I also want to acknowledge that uh, when he took caller number 29, Jared Justice was the first time that I've ever heard somebody out of breath after taking a bunch of phone calls. (laughs) Legitimately out of breath. Uh, But we're looking for caller number nine to 702-876-1340. You will win two tickets, our final set of tickets, to the Vegas Golden Knights and the New York Rangers tomorrow night at Team Mobile Arena. Back with more right after this. We're
0: back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan
1: Wallace. Podcast will be up uh, in just a couple of minutes from now. Of course, if you're listening to the podcast, <laughs> you're ahead of the game, aren't you? Uh, Justice with Jared?
4: Yeah, I totally didn't prep anything.
1: So uh, hey, can I just yay. can I just jump in before you do your thing? Yeah, you do the morning show, right, over at the sister station, Uh-huh. and then you because Chapman uh, is uh, off the last couple of days. You do our show as well, and so you're you're pulling seventeen, eighteen hour days here. And I want to know that uh, you to know that we appreciate it. Like it's we laugh and we joke and we we're all over the place on this program. But uh, but Ryan and I really appreciate what you're doing here to make sure that we're on the air and we're we're getting uh, stuff done, because Logan Thompson interview doesn't happen without you today.
4: I mean, it's, we, we we would figure something out, but the biggest thing is it's like, uh, I, I don't I don't like praise, so uh, <laughs> now I'm just uncomfortable, and we have a minute left.
2: Okay, what are you going to talk about? Jared, thank you so much. We appreciate you in so many ways. We have
4: 55 seconds, so I'm just going to start naming the time. Let, let <laughs> us praise you. I do better with, like, criticism than I do praise, because I'm literally
1: well, okay, but how do I improve? And I knew I, <laughs> I knew I loved you, but the fact that the the boss phones and you and I both go to the worst case scenario, and, and oh, you saying, "I, I wonder did. what I wonder what they've caught me doing." Not, I was doing something bad, but I wonder what, which part of it?
4: <laughs> I. I... <laughs> I have, a, I have a history of identifying the correct decision and then doing the wrong Do the one. the opposite.
1: Yeah. Uh, the fact that your mind went, uh, went right there. Uh, thanks to Logan Thompson for joining us. Uh, Anthony Greener, uh, also from UNLV Men's Hockey. Uh, appreciate it. We'll be back with you tomorrow from T-Mobile Arena. Rangers of Vegas Golden Knights on Fox Sports Las Vegas.